We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast what's going on everybody happy tuesday welcome into another episode of the pack a day podcast i'm your host andy herman you can follow me on twitter at andy herman nfl thanks so much for being here today Five practices already over of Packers training camp. It seems totally unreal that we're already five practices in. On Monday, we had the first padded practice of camp. Not full pads yet. That's going to come today on Tuesday, but still had the shoulder pads, and it was just awesome to hear any pads popping again out at practice. It was an hour and 44 minutes of practice, and yeah, I had some questions um, You know, just that came in throughout the course of the day. I did a couple of radio hits, and this came up of like, did it feel different? Was there a different intensity at practice? And I would say a little bit, like you could see like the, the physicality in the interior offensive line against the, the, you know, defensive line, certainly the one-on-ones offensive line versus defensive line and wide receivers versus corners and those sort of things. You know, you could, you, you could just sort of feel the intensity pick up a little bit, but for the most part, the team periods kind of felt the same. Um, the overall, I think intensity of practice kind of felt the same. I've been overall impressed with, you know, the overall, 
um, I don't know, just intensity of practice and just what they've been able to accomplish day in and day out. The team periods have been competitive. So it didn't feel a ton different. Uh, but again, just hearing the pads pop and just seeing a little bit of that physicality on the interior um, is, is just a little bit different. So that part of it was definitely fun to see. But overall, not like a night and day difference uh, without pads to going to shoulder pads and those sort of things. But still nice to see. And I think even Tuesday, uh, today we'll pick up a little bit more uh, being a full padded practice. So that'll be fun to watch as well. All right, not practicing on the day, David Bakhtiari, Rashawn Gary, Eric Stokes, Grant Dubose, and Dontavian Wicks. Bakhtiari, the new participant not practicing, it does sound like this is part of his training plan and just not, you know, putting him uh, in harm's way and having him practice too much and just letting his body, you know, take the time off that he needs. So it seems like so far that is part of the plan, which Matt LaFleur did mention. Uh, I asked him that on the very first day of training camp before it even started, if they had a special plan in place for him, and the answer was a resounding yes. So that's going to continue to be the case. So no reason to panic at this point. Uh, just uh, uh, you know, rest day slash plan day off for David Bakhtiari. And then uh, Tucker Craft did return from injury. Remember, he had dropped out of practice um, in the previous practice on Saturday. Sunday was the off day and it was great to see him back. No issues. He looked totally fine. So that was great to see. Just you, you didn't want to see a young, talented tight end have any sort of lingering injury issue to start his career off. So great to see him back at practice on Monday. All right, your starters in the very first team activity, Jordan Love at quarterback, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon in the double running back formation. Uh, you had Luke Musgrave at tight end, and then Watson and Dobbs at wide receiver. Yash taking Bakhtiari's place at left tackle. Elton Jenkins at left guard. Myers at center. JRJ at right guard. And then Zach Tom at right tackle. On the defensive side, you had TJ Slayton and Kenny Clark along the defensive line. You had Hollins and Smith uh, at outside linebacker. Quay and Campbell at inside linebacker. Douglas and Jair outside. Nixon in the slot. And then Ford and Savage at safety. I've seen some comments of like, well, you know, wow, Green Bay starting off with a lot of, you know, either two tight end or two running back sets and they haven't gone as much 11 personnel. Just note that usually the first team period is a like a you know, run the ball period and they'll do play action out of it and some of those sort of things, but it's more based on that. So a lot of times you see a little bit bigger personnel in those sort of formations when you first start off practice in that specific period. So uh, it's not like they're coming out in a two minute drill right away and using 11 personnel or things like that. And we see a ton of different formations and personnel packages throughout the course of the day. But if you're wondering why we're seeing a lot of two tight ends or maybe be two running back sets in the very first starting offensive period. It's because again, a lot of those are running slash move the ball periods um, where they're trying to establish the run and again, some play action stuff a little bit more. So just a quick note on that. All right, Jordan Love's day per Bill Huber, he ended seven of 12 passing on the day, which is totally fine. But as I mentioned in the quick hits video, there were basically four passes that you needed to know about. I thought Jordan once again did a nice job of reading the defense throughout the course of the day, save for one throw we're about to go over, knowing where to go with the football, taking the check downs when he needed to, having the opportunity to take a deep shot down the field when it was open. He took both of those when they were available. So overall, I thought this was a solid day from Jordan, but four passes for four plays that you needed to know about on the day. The first was the 60 plus yard bomb to Christian Watson, which of course we are not able to film and I'm not able to show you, but of course you can find it all over the internet because people in the stands were taking those videos. So it's definitely out there on Twitter or X or whatever the heck you want to call it, uh, but a beautiful play. 
I thought, first of all, Jordan recognizing that it was Christian Watson one-on-one versus Ennis Gaines. I thought the offense in Matt LaFleur in the bunch formation did a nice job of getting that matchup of Christian Watson on Ennis Gaines. Gaines did like as well as could be expected in that situation. It wasn't like he was completely toasted on the play, but Watson had a legitimate step on him. And then Jordan Love just hitting him in stride. I thought Christian Watson's acceleration at the end of the play to go and get the ball was fantastic. So just an all-around very gorgeous play and best play of the day for the offense easily. On a different play, he had a little run pass option to Christian Watson. And it, it goes for like, I don't know, maybe eight, nine, 10 yards at most. But you've got Watson on Jair to the side and you've got a run play called and it's a stretch play to the left with that little backside slant built in. And, you know, it's it's up to Jordan if he wants to hand the ball off or if he wants to come and take that slant on the backside. He aborted the run, you know, got his snap, you know, sort of did a quick fake of the run and then got his feet planted and fired a bullet to Christian Watson. But it's a couple of things on that play. A, it's recognizing that that was going to come open and then B, having the courage to abort the run play and, and make that throw. And then C, just executing it perfectly and hitting Christian in stride. And at the end of the day, it goes for, I don't know, eight, nine, 10 yards. It's nothing spectacular. It's not going to show up on any highlight film. By the way, you can also find that play on Twitter slash X. And, uh, but it was just the awareness, the play and, and just knowing where to, once again, where to go with the football and you could, you know, yes, he could have handed the ball off, but the odds that any running play is going for nine, 10 yards, it, it's really, really difficult. Like a lot of things need to go right for it to be a nine, 10 plus yard run on the play. And instead you take advantage of a one-on-one, you get Christian in, in space and he picks up nine, 10 yards. So I thought that was a very positive play and another really nice development for Jordan. And then in two minute drills, he had his first really bad, you know, throw of, of any of the practices so far. A couple contests over the course of the, you know, five days so far, he threw a ball that was tipped by Jair Alexander that, you know, got batted up and picked off by, um, by Devondre Campbell. And then, you know, he had a throw to Romeo Dobbs, I think on Saturday that Razul jumped and he batted it away. Maybe could have read the defense a little bit better on that play, but I didn't think either of those were egregious plays. And overall, like I've, I, like I've said, I've been raving about his decision-making overall, but on the first play, a two minute drill down by seven game on the line, he drops back to pass, does not see Quay drop into the zone. Looks like he was trying to hit, I don't know, either a quick slant or a crossover the middle and he throws it right to Quay Walker. And I mean, right to Quay Walker. Unfortunately, Quay for the defense, Quay could not, you know, haul in the pass and, and, and just flat out dropped it. Right. So the offense was able to stay on the field and uh, try to complete their two minute drill it would ultimately not go anywhere. Anyway, it would go for and out on the play uh, or on the drive, I should say. Uh, but that was Jordan's first really bad just decision and just didn't see Quay at all. Right. So that was his, his first bad throw. I think you're willing to live with that through five days of practice, four competitive days of practice. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to learn from that and try not to make that mistake moving forward. But uh, again, two minute drill, that was the competitive period where the pushups are on the line. And of course you want your number one offense to go out and drive down the field and hopefully put up some points. In this case, again, down by seven, need a touchdown, starting the playoff with basically what should have been an interception, not the way you want to do that. So that was Jordan's first, like I said, really poor decision and throw of training camp so far. And then he follows it up. So again, drive continues. It goes, you know, basically incomplete on the dropped interception by Quay, a quick four yard completion to Aaron Jones, incomplete on third down. So it's like fourth and six, again, down by seven, needing to drive down the field in the two minute drill. And he drops back to pass and gets immediate pressure up the middle. He rolls to his right, sees Jaden Reed come uh, open just ever so slightly down the right sideline against Keyshawn Nixon, fading away off his back foot, 
Uh, very reminiscent, somebody posted on Twitter, but very reminiscent of the throw that Aaron Rodgers had against Kansas City where he hits, I think, Jamal Williams in the back of the end zone where Rodgers is off his back foot and fading. Jordan Love rolls out, fading, back foot, not set at all. And he, again, somehow sees Reed breaking open. He puts it where Reed only could get it. I, I had the opportunity also to see this one on Twitter. And you could see that Reed had the opportunity to catch the ball, get his feet in bounds. It was a beyond perfect throw given the circumstances and situation and how the like the platform that he had to throw off of and it hit Jaden Reed unfortunately Reed could not hold on to it if Reed had held on we would have been talking that about you know the the play of the day and probably the play of practice so far um just the degree of difficulty on that throw absolutely you know just gorgeous stuff that is Aaron Rodgers in his prime type of throw for Jordan Love. So I don't, and maybe I need to stop doing that of just comparing Jordan's throws to some of Aaron's throws, but it's just going to happen naturally when you've had 30 years of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, like the good stuff's going to get compared to that. And the bad stuff's going to be like, well, Aaron or Brett, you know, or well, Brett certainly made the, the bad decisions, but Aaron didn't make that decision so on and so forth. That's just going to happen naturally, right? But um, overall, just a beautiful, beautiful throw. It's unfortunate that Jaden couldn't come down with it. And not, not an easy catch by Jaden, but certainly one that I'm sure he would tell you he needs to come down with and uh, and make that play. That was fourth down, so it ends up being a win for the defense. Ball goes incomplete, and the, the defense gets off the field for and out, but just a, a beautiful throw from, from Jordan on the play. Um, I would say not a, a better day than Saturday. I thought Saturday was better than, than, you know, than Monday, but um, overall, you had Wednesday's practice, which was okay, maybe a little bit disappointed with the deep balls missed down the field. Then I thought Thursday was better than Wednesday with a couple incompletions mixed in, but nothing egregious, a couple really beautiful throws on Thursday. Then Saturday was the awesome day of practice. And then this was the one where outside of it, like if the Quay play had not happened, right? If, if he didn't throw the, the, the pass right to Quay, he would have been talked about as a, a player of the day candidate, again, just based on the play to, to Jaden Reed that unfortunately was dropped. The, the beautiful throw to Christian Watson for the 60-plus yard touchdown. Thought he had some really nice throws in the one-on-ones. Like, he had a really nice day except for the throw to Quay. And people were asking like, why? Like just that were not at practice that saw all the great glowing stuff about Jordan and the the one-on-ones that he was completing and things like that. And like, why was Jordan not on your player of the day? Well, you have a two minute drill in a competitive period and your very first pass is directly to Quay Walker. Like that was the biggest drive of the day for the offense. And you started with that, right? So it was tough to put him on the, the player of the day, you know, category after that. But you take that one throw away and I thought he had another really nice practice. And I continue to be impressed overall with what I've seen from Jordan through five practices now. And he had, again, two of his best throws of, of camp already on this specific day with the deep ball to Christian Watson and a beautiful throw to Jaden Reed uh, in that two minute drill. So uh, unfortunately, had his, his first really bad decision and really bad throw at camp, but Overall, I've liked what I've seen, and I really like the way that he's playing overall through those five days of practices. All right, other players not named Jordan Love, uh, which are also important to the Packers' success. Carrington freaking Valentine, man. This is a player who has been nothing but impressive so far. And kudos so far to Mel Kuyper, who, if you remember on draft day, like Mel could, you know, was going on about how is Carrington Valentine not drafted yet. I think he was starting that already in like the fourth round. And then in the seventh round, he's like going crazy of like Carrington Valentine needs to get picked. And then the Packers pick him. And, you know, Mel immediately says it's going to be one of the steals of the draft and so on and so forth. A lot of ball game left, right? Kudos to, to Aaron Negler for, for that catchphrase. But uh, we don't know anything about Carrington yet. It's been a great start to his career as a Green Bay Packer. But until he does it in games, it, it means nothing yet. But 
OTAs and minicamps, great plays against Romeo Dobbs and really showed out and looked the part. And then to start training camp the other day, had a great pass breakup against Christian Watson, where he used his size and his length and made a great break on the ball. And then today or Monday in practice, he has a pick six, reads the play perfectly. Not a great throw by Danny Etling by any stretch. Him and Malik Heath didn't seem like they were exactly on the same page. Etling throws it behind Lee Keith, but credit Carrington Valentine for being right on the spot, making the read, making the catch, taking it back to the house. Those are the big time plays. I was asking about it yesterday, saying I needed to see more big plays from the defense. Carrington Valentine responded, had a massive pick six, and he just continues to show out. Had another contested play in a two minute drill with like the second, I think the second team against Malik Keith. Uh, it was, I think, fourth and four on the play. They counted it as a first down. Not sure if he actually would have got there, but either way, it was a great contest by Valentine. He was there to stop him immediately on the catch, and Heath had to do everything in his power to hang on with Valentine right there on the play. Did struggle a little bit in the one-on-one, specifically against Jaden Reed, but don't read too much into that. Those are those are made to make defend you know defensive backs really have to work and usually not look very pretty overall, and it's more advantageous for the wide receivers. Also noteworthy, I guess, is so I, I keep talking about there's kind of an A group and a B group, right? I can't call it the ones because there's like 45 guys that are with the ones. So it's kind of like the ones and the twos and then kind of like the threes and the fours or how, however you want to break it up. But there's kind of an A group and a B group. This is the first time I saw Carrington Valentine. Maybe I just missed it. It's within the realm of possibility. But the first time I noticed Carrington Valentine with the A group with the defensive back. So it seemed like he maybe got a little bit of a promotion up until that A, up into that A group uh, working with the starting, you know, offense and defense. And, and like I said, kind of the number ones and number twos. So uh, a nice step for him and certainly deservedly so. He's been a huge positive and arguably the best looking rookie through OTA's mini camps and training camp combined so far. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
All right, another impressive rookie, Carl Brooks. He had a really nice day. Uh, he knifed through for a sack. I can't remember which quarterback it was. I know it wasn't Love, but it was one of the three other backup QBs, but uh, knifed through the offensive line, a quick explosive play. There were about three people pressuring on the play, but Carl Brooks uh, won the race to the quarterback, uh, would have had the sack. I, I think they continued to play on. I'm not sure it was complete or what ended up happening, but certainly would have been a quote unquote sack for Carl Brooks on the play. And then in team activities a little bit later, he did a great job of shooting through the line and really disrupted a run play. Now, Tyler Goodson was fast enough to bounce it outside and they didn't do a great job, whoever was on the edge of holding the edge. Uh, otherwise, it probably would have been a two, three yard loss on the play. Uh, but that had nothing to do with anything wrong from Carl Brooks. He made that immediate quick win and uh, was able to get into the backfield and make that disruption. He also had a pass batted down at the line of scrimmage. So really nice day from Carl Brooks and he continues to put good things out there as well. Overall, I thought the defense really won the day and a ha- you know have to give a hat tip to Joe Barry you had the Carrington Valentine pick six. You should have had the game winning pick by Quay Walker in the two minute drill against the ones, even though Quay dropped it, they were still able to get out in four plays, holding the offense four and out on that specific drive. They won all three of the two minute drills. They were extremely stingy all day long in the run game, in the pass game. They did give up the 60 plus yarder to Christian Watson, but outside of that, the offense, the ones, the twos, the threes, all of them really struggled to move the ball against the Packers defense, had a couple sacks, including the one from Carl Brooks that I just mentioned. And overall, a very fantastic day. Defense has been ahead of the offense so far through five days. Um, that's normal. If you look across the league and hear some of the other um, you know, reports from camp, it's usually that the defense is ahead at this stage. It's usually been the case, even with Rodgers and, and you know whomever uh, at quarterback over the past you know 30 years, that the defense is usually ahead at this point. But uh, kudos to Joe Barry, nonetheless. I thought this was a really impressive day from the defense and overall, a very nice start to the offseason. Now, I've mentioned it before and I'll say it again again until we see it on Sundays and whatever other day that they end up playing on. Um, I'm not going to necessarily go out of my way to be like, yep, this is going to be a top 10 defense. They got everything they need. It looks fantastic. We need to see it in games, but they've had a really nice start to training camp nonetheless. So hat tip to Joe Barry for that. Razul Douglas practicing very, very well. No huge plays from Razul. I thought he held up extremely well in the one-on-ones against Romeo Dobbs. And then just in, in team drills, I think he had a, a, a at least a contested breakup, if if not a PBU. Um, but he's just had a very, very nice start to camp. He's been stingy. He did allow the big double move to Samore Toure. Uh, you know, on the, in the two minute drill on Saturday. But outside of that, like he's allowed next to nothing and has been really, really impressive going back to outside corner and being his physical presence on that side of the field. It's not easy to play opposite Jair Alexander because you're not throwing at Jair who has been locked down so far. And if you do, it's it's usually doesn't have great results, right? So that means you're going to throw a lot at the other corners and Razul's got certainly a lot of attention and he's responded more often than not. I thought he's had a very nice uh, day at camp on Monday and really nice start to camp overall other than the double mover he bit on uh, Saturday and allowed that big completion to Samori in the two-minute trail. Christian Watson continues to impress. Obviously, the 60-plus yard touchdown, um, great acceleration through the catch point, catches it in stride, carries on for the big touchdown. That was a beautiful play by Christian. But the, the really impressive one, he, he went one-on-one versus Jair Alexander in the one-on-one periods. And it ended up being, I don't know, maybe like a four or five-yard completion. I kid you not, like in order to get this completion versus Jair, love, I think it was, I don't know who threw it. I think it was love, but I don't know for sure. But whoever threw it had to throw it extremely high to give Watson a chance at this because Jair's right there, of course, um, like basically in Christian's jersey in all legal ways, like nothing illegal about it whatsoever. But Jair's got great coverage. Quarterback throws it high. 
and Christian just goes up and sky like he when I say he leapt for the ball like he had like rocket boosters on his feet leaping for this ball like he went way way up like the jaw dropping like man just incredible freaking athlete to be able to do something like that and if you're Jair Alexander like who of course is a little bit on the shorter side but you just got to be like I don't know like there's what what do you do in that situation like I did like he did everything perfect and Christian just still goes up and by the way all that work, the perfect high throw so that Christian can go up and get it, who can use his go-go gadget, you know, jumping ability to go up and sky for a ball that nobody else can get and all of that so you can complete a five-yard completion on Jair Alexander. If that doesn't show you how shut down Jair has been, like you have to work through everything and do everything perfectly to get a five-yard completion on that guy right now. He's been nothing short of fantastic, but a beautiful play by Christian that again, made your mouth drop and just be like, how how is that even physically possible to jump that high and go get a ball like that. So kudos to Christian, kudos to Jair as well, but another really nice day for Christian Watson. All right, some quick hits on the day. Uh, Zach Tom in the post-practice media scrum said he put on 15 to 20 pounds in this offseason, said, quote, I feel like I'm able to get a little bit more movement in the run game than I was last year. I feel like my anchor is better than it was. So this is super important, like super, super important. Go back to last year and his time in college. Zach Tom is an immaculate mover. He is a extremely talented athlete. He can get all over the field. He can pull, he can strat, like wherever you need him to get to, he can get to. His footwork is fantastic. He's got good technique. It was just of like, all right, can this guy hold up at offensive tackle at like 200 or wherever you want to put him at the offensive line at like, he was listed at 300 plus. Yeah, to me, he's probably in the high 290s, maybe the low 300s, but it just looked like a, a JV player trying to play varsity. And kudos to Zach freaking Tom for being able to hold up as well as he did in his rookie season, despite not having the you know requisite strength, you know, play strength and play weight to be able to play in the NFL at that position. And he still held up. And then the question became of like, man, if this guy can put on 15 to 20 pounds of functional strength, like look the heck out because it's basically the only thing he's missing. The technique is good. The footwork is great. The movement skills, the athleticism, he puts on the strength and it's it's game over, right? And what he means, of course, is anchor ability. So if he's getting bull rushed, it just allows you that, that extra way. It's, just, it's harder to push you, right? And he's doing a much better job per him of anchoring uh, at the point of attack, which is super, super important against a lot of those bull rushes in the NFL. And it, it was something he struggled with specifically on the interior last year is, you know, when he was at guard and he'd get mashed up against some of these 320, 330 pound, just bulldozers, like he struggled in those situations. And now you can see him holding up at the point of attack a little bit better. And then just being able to move people a little bit more in the running game, that functional strength is certainly going to serve him there as well. So Zach had so many traits already to be a really good player in this league, uh, but lacked the, you know, kind of the, the high end, you know, weight and functional strength. Putting on 15 to 20 pounds, huge for him. I have not noticed any, you know, loss in his movement skills or his footwork. And now he's got that functional strength. Look the heck out. Zach Tom is in store for big, big things based on his body of work so far with some additional muscle added on. Um, could not be more excited about that. And I think he's going to have a very nice season and fully expect him to win that right tackle spot going into the season. Speaking of another nice player who has had a very nice camp so far, TJ Slayton, Couple pressures on the day, a really nice run stuff, a really fun play where uh, they, it was the last play of Sean Clifford's two minute drill, and there's like eight seconds left on the clock, and they have to get there. They're at like the 30 yard line. So it's not like a Hail Mary, but like you have to get in the end zone. So it's, it's not 
far enough away to just be like the lofted in the end zone Hail Mary, but uh, you definitely had to be, um, you know, on alert for a, a touchdown throw. That was the only thing that was going to beat you. So they put 10 guys back in coverage. It wasn't all defensive backs or a couple linebackers, but they dropped 10 in coverage and the only man rushing is TJ Slayton. And some freaking how one on five, TJ Slayton gets right through the line and gets a pressure on, uh, on, um, yeah, Sean Clifford on the play. So yeah, it, very, very impressive stuff from TJ Slayton. He continues to be a menace. He seems like he's taken a step and he has been stacking together really good practices. So fingers crossed that he is, you know, the, the light bulb has gone on because the only thing holding back TJ Slayton is TJ Slayton. He can be basically as good as he wants to be. He has phenomenal size, great footwork. He gets into the backfield like far easier than most players at 330 pounds. He can be a legitimate run stuffer at that weight. He can penetrate and get into the backfield and has a quick first step. Like he has the potential to be a special talent. Now, I I don't think he's going to reach that ceiling just based on what I've seen so far, but I do think he's taken a significant step and I do think he's going to be a very important player for the Packers one way or the other. If he does not live up to that expectation, that defensive line is going to take a hit if he's not able to play at that level. If he does, this defensive line going to be far improved because they have a big time player in that case next to Kenny Clark. So overall, nice day. He also had a very nice rush against uh, Josh Myers in the one-on-ones defensive line versus offensive line, which is far too strong for Myers on the play. So nice day for TJ Slayton, who continues to have a nice camp. Lou Nichols, two drops on the day. And I, I literally think I could have come on here I, I literally every single day and said he had a drop. Like he has dropped in individual drills with nobody on him. He is, he had a drop today in individuals and in team drill where uh, he, he just had a check down. There was nobody by him. Ball bounces right off of his hands. And as I mentioned on the quick hits episode, like this is not the most dynamic running back in the world, meaning this is not a 4-3-40 guy. He's not a home run hitter. He's not super explosive. And his hands have been terrible, like literally terrible so far. So if you can't catch the ball of the backfield and you're not a home run hitter, man, your ceiling is extremely limited. And I saw some people in the comments be like, well, yeah, he's just a seventh round pick. Well, you know what? So is Carrington Valentine. So is Samori Toure. Like just because you're a seventh round pick, like they still invested draft capital in, you know, him. So um, we'll see. And like, he's had a couple nice runs. He had a really nice day on Saturday running the football. So I'm not like giving up on Lou Nichols. I just need to see a little bit more and he's got to get those hands in order because he's had like literally drops seemingly every single day so far and had two on Monday. Caleb Jones, really, really nice start to camp. There's been a little bit of buzz about Caleb Jones, by the way. I would, I would say that he is in line for um, one of those swing tackle positions. It's hard, right? Because you've got Bakhtiari, and then you've got, uh, you know, Zach Tom, Yash Nyman, but Caleb Jones making some noise. He was four for four in his one-on-ones in the offensive line versus defensive line period, had a play where he really opened up a run on the left-hand side. Like he looks much, much better. He, You talk about the definition of a dancing bear. He is so big, but he moves so well for his size. And yeah, he's he tested terribly in RAS. Well, yeah, if you're 6'8", 380, you're not going to test well in, in RAS for just about anything outside of you know height and weight, right? So it's going to be tough, but he he looks really impressive. He's an intimidating dude, and I'm really excited to watch him in preseason. Like I said, a little bit of buzz following Caleb Jones and his uh, start to training camp. Jaden Reed, some ups and downs from him. He had a really nice completion, big play down the field from Danny Etling right after Danny Etling's pick six. Etling bounced back with a great throw down the field to Jaden Reed, but Jaden Reed is getting open on big plays in almost every single practice. Unfortunately, he also had that drop in the two-minute drill. Not Like I said, not an easy catch for Jaden, but one he would, I'm sure, tell you that he needs to come down with. Uh, But I would say 
so far of all the rookies, he has taken the biggest step from OTAs and mini camps and rookie mini camps to training camp. He looks night and day different. He looks so much more confident. He's had the explosive end around. He's had some really big catches down the field. He had another one again today from Danny Atling. And you can just tell like he can separate, he's getting open. And uh, I talked yesterday about Amari Rogers being released. And um, yeah, I liked Amari Rogers coming out, but that that's a learning for, you know, curve for me. And, and I think for a lot of people who liked Amari coming out, if, if you're going to be in the slot, in, in, in one of those, you know, sort of gadgety wide receivers, you have to have something. You have to run a four three forty, or you've got to be able to separate with your size. Like th- there has to be something. And Amari was a good blocker in college, and he had some good run after the catch in college, but didn't have the size, didn't have the speed, didn't have the route running ability. Like you could be right, you can be Wes Welker in the slot and just have ridiculous agility and route running ability. You can be. Um, I don't know, who do I want to use? Like you could be Deshaun Jackson in the slot and just be faster than everyone else. Like you could be one of the bigger, like taller wide receivers in the slot. And I don't know who I want to go with there either, but like, you know, the type of players that I'm talking about. Um, but like, and even some of like the big tight ends that went in the slot, like there, there can be a variety of player types that win in the slot in the NFL, but you have to have some sort of elite trait. And Amari didn't have that. And Jaden already has shown he has the ability to separate. He's a good route runner, but the speed really separates him. When Amari got some of those end arounds, like it was like the linebackers and defensive linemen were just as fast as him. When Jaden got that end around the other day, I was like, oh yeah, like he's going to get through there and he's going to run, you know, he's going to run right past people and get 30 yards on this play. It was just different. So Jaden Reed already showing out. And like I said, had the, the, the drop on this you know particular day from Jordan in the two minute drill, but he continues to make some big plays just about every day and really, really impressed with the progress that he's made from OTAs and mini camps uh, into training camp. Pat O'Donnell had a punt blocked. Uh, I don't know that anyone actually saw who blocked it. I think there were some rumblings that maybe it was Austin Allen, but just a, a little bit of an issue. And apparently there was another one that almost got blocked. That was an issue last year. Even for Rich Basashi's special teams was punts getting blocked and pressure on the punter. That's got to get cleaned up. It's great to see the pressure team get pressure, but that the punt protection team cannot allow those sort of things and have that be an issue. Again, uh, Green Bay Packer fans have PTSD from block kicks and block punts and poor special teams play. You don't want to see that stuff start rearing its ugly head again. So great for the pressure team, but the protection team has to hold up much, much better. Fun play uh, in the the team activities with the ones. Luke Musgrave lined up outside as a big wide receiver and Jair's on him in coverage. And then Musgrave comes in motion and Jair tries to go with them. But Musgrave showed off his speed and just his size. And he's just running a little underneath route and Musgrave caught it. It was a, it was a high ball and Musgrave, you know, nice hands catch and came out there probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight yards on the play. Nothing, you know, too crazy to write home about, but really liked the look of Musgrave on the outside as a big wide receiver coming in motion, just running that little under route. And you're just using his speed, size, and athleticism to kind of run away even from one of the best corners in the NFL. So cool play there that I'm sure Green Bay will come back to in games this season. Kick returners on the day, Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, and Samore Toure. Punt returners, Jaden Reed, Samore Toure, and Keyshawn Nixon. I thought Bo Melton looked awesome in one-on-ones. Like I haven't seen it necessarily. I actually shouldn't say that. He's had a couple nice uh, touchdown catches and team activities so far. Like he's having, he's having a very nice camp, like qu- kind of quietly, but he tore up Keandre Thomas in one-on-ones. Like he looked really, really good. His route running was phenomenal. Like that was, that was a little bit of an eye-opening performance for Bo Melton. And I don't know right now where he stands on the pecking chart. And it's really tough to gauge with Dontavian Wicks and Grant Dubose not practicing right now, but 
he's he, that, that was an impressive day and I think should have probably opened some eyes. And like I said, he's had a couple touchdown catches so far, um, some big plays over the middle of the field and team activities. So I would put him in the positive category for camp through the first five days and a really impressive day on Monday. Royce Newman got some time with the ones, both at right guard and left guard. This seemed to be more of like, hey, let's make sure this guy's prepared in case of emergency sort of things, more than putting any pressure, certainly on Elton Jenkins or maybe even a John Runyon Jr. But um, he got some rotational time with the ones, subbing in for both Runyon and Jenkins. And then the, you know, former MVP Hall of Famer Peyton Manning also happened to just be in attendance at practice. And apparently he has some sort of pitch that he is working on with his production company for the Packers that is not related to the quarterback series in Jordan Love. Uh, But um, he had something for the Packers that he wanted to go over. He was talking with Matt LaFleur, talked with a couple of the players, talked with Mark Murphy. So just kind of cool to see Peyton Manning in attendance at Packers practice. Plays of the day, Jordan Love to Christian Watson and the Carrington Valentine pick six. My players of the day, Carrington Valentine, Christian Watson, uh, Razul Douglas, and Carl Brooks. And then uh, I would say my MVP of camp so far, and I'll just kind of keep track of this moving forward. I'm still going with Jair Alexander. I think he's been the best player out there day in and day out. It's going to be tough to pass him at this point, but really, really strong camp for him and just really fun watching him practice day in and day out. That is going to do it for me. So much to go over. This should be a really another uh, another really fun practice on Tuesday that I can't wait to break down for you guys. Should have a quick hits episode up. For sure, we'll have the full breakdown on Wednesday morning. Make sure to subscribe if you have not already. I'll see you guys tomorrow. But until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.